to the cool kids. Say hi to the bad guy. It is EJ Stewart with you on the fan. You're feeling good, Giants fans. Big playoff win. First one since 2011. You're feeling the 2011 vibe. The Road Warriors. Here we go again. Not so fast, my friend. EJ Stewart again with you on the fan. Number to call in. 877-337-6666. We will be talking Giants playoff football on this uh, on, on this hour. We'll be also talking some Jets as well. Whatever you want to call in. Want to talk some Knicks. Talks lost on MLK Day. You want to talk some Nets. Struggling without KD. You want to talk Mets. What the hell is going on with the DH? You want to talk about the Yankees. Montas. Whatever you got. I'm with you guys from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. EJ Stewart on the fan. Let's get it. Daniel Jones had the game of his life on Sunday, and the Giants are still playing football deep into December. The Giants are no longer a feel-good story at this point. You can't say that. I've sit here, I've sat here in this chair and talked about how the Giants are basically doing doing it via smoke and mirrors, that they're essentially outsmarting these teams and they're not necessarily the most talented team. Uh, left or uh, among the teams that have been playing in the NFL and that maybe that their record, maybe they've been playing better than their record suggests. You can't say that anymore. You are now officially in the final eight of all the NFL teams left playing in the playoffs. You're now in the final four in the NFC. The Giants are legitimately one of the best teams in the NFL. And they should be proud for that. That win against the Vikings on Sunday was a fantastic win. And you had all Sunday and you had all of Monday to celebrate it and to really acknowledge just how epic that win was. Because it truly was an epic win. It was a team win. Every facet of the game, uh, the Giants fought hard, fought tough, and won a true, to me, like quintessential playoff game. All that stops here because it's Tuesday. And like I said, if I have to be the bad guy, then so be it. Because it's Tuesday and we're off of the Vikings win. And we're now looking at Philly. And when I tell you that Philly is a lot different animal than the uh, than the Minnesota Vikings. I'm telling you, this is not a team the Giants want smoke with. This is a terrible matchup for the Giants coming up on this Sunday. I don't want to hear about what happened, uh, you know, when you beat the undefeated Patriots. I don't want to hear about 2011. This is an entirely different team. Entirely different players. Entirely different characters going forward with this playoff run. And I think that this Giants run probably ends this Saturday. The Giants do not want smoke with the Eagles on Saturday. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. And we we can talk about that Giant win on Sunday because it was epic. Um, but at the same time, when we talk about playoffs, if you talk about matchups, you talk about styles making fights, I'm deeply concerned that everything the Giants did to secure that victory against the Vikings would not work against the Eagles. Because let's start with the offensive game plan that we saw on, on Sunday, which included running Daniel Jones nonstop against a slow, unathletic Vikings defense. It was a brilliant strategy by Kafka, by Brian Dayball, I mean, they they coached their behinds off in that win, and, and much kudos to them. The Vikings also have a secondary that has struggled all season. And with the Giants' number one weak on, weakness on offense being their 
less than average, maybe average at best wide receiving core, that was no longer a factor in this game because you had a secondary that couldn't cover the guys the Giants had. He couldn't cover Slayton. You saw Hodgins have a huge game. The Giants were able to win one-on-one matchups all day against the Vikings secondary, which had struggled against pretty much everybody all season. I just don't see how though that recipe of relying on Daniel Jones running on those receivers, being able to beat man to man coverage, being successful against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles and what they have, uh, you know, on their defense. Cause let's start with the pass rush. The Eagles have statistically one of the best, one of the best pass rushes in NFL history. They have four players who have double digit sacks, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Jason Hargrave, Josh Sweat, who battling a neck injury. He says he's good. He says he should be ready for Saturday. All with double-digit sacks. Sasan Reddick leads all of them with 16. And that doesn't even include Fletcher Cox, who is potentially a future Hall of Famer, gold jacket type of dude in the middle. So you have a pass rush that can get after the quarterback. You won't have Daniel Jones seeing these running lanes, seeing these, uh, see, seeing the time that he had to make these throws, that's not going to happen against the Eagles. The Eagles also have one of the best corner tandems in the NFL. Because you got big play Slay, Darius Slay, and you got a former giant star himself in James Bradbury. Both have played really well this season. And as much as I love how Hodges is playing, Slayton, you know, dropping the ball is still an issue, but he, he made some plays in that game on Sunday. Richie James made some plays on Sunday. Those guys aren't winning in the secondary against the Philadelphia Eagles defense, the way they did against the Vikings, at least. So when you talk about the Giants' offensive game plan, none of that stuff is working against Philly. And then you move to the defensive side of the ball, where I thought Wink Martindale coached a master class on Sunday because he did two things that had to be done in order to win that game. Number one, he took Justin Jefferson away. And one of the and I love listening to little tidbits from other coaches or at least great coaches and their game plans and how they're successful. And one of the things I always hold on to as a football fan, as much as I can't stand Bill Belichick as a Jeff fan, I, I always have heard the adage about Bill Belichick and how he coaches defense and the attitude and the mindset of you have to take away the other team's best player. That has to be your first priority every single week. You cannot let the other team's star dominate you. And sometimes teams get a little cocky. They get a little into themselves and into their philosophy and into their strategies. And they don't actually game plan to who they're playing against. They just say, we're going to do what we do well. And if they beat us, then they beat us. The problem is Justin Jefferson is an all-world, all-galaxy wide receiver. And if you decide we're going to let Justin Jefferson beat you, he will. And I thought Wink Martindale was smart. He decided we're not going to let Justin Jefferson beat us. So he took Jefferson away. That was brilliant. Put two guys on him the whole game. Kept everything in front of you. Number two, he toned down the blitzing. He forced Kirk Cousins to process the defense, to go to his second and third reads, and he trusted that your four-man or five-man rush led by Lawrence, who was a monster on, on, on Sunday, that they would get home and they did. The problem with Philly 
is they can beat you way more ways than Minnesota can offensively. Because let's break this down. If you take A.J. Brown away, Devontae Smith, who was electric in that uh, MetLife slaughter that we saw earlier this uh, this season, we'll talk about that, he can beat you. If you somehow find a way to take both of those guys away, they can go to Goddard, the tight end. If you take away the passing game entirely, Miles Sanders is a 1,200-yard back. He can hurt you in multiple ways out of the backfield. If somehow you take Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard away, Jalen Hurts can hurt you in the running game himself. To me, the Eagles are truly a complete team, unlike the Minnesota Vikings. And while the Giants are playing great ball and they did play a complete game on Sunday, I think this matchup is a bad fit for Big Blue. I think it is why when these teams played each other in Week 14 with all of their starters playing, the Eagles turned MetLife Stadium into a slaughterhouse. It was a 48-22 beatdown that wasn't even that close. So feel great about this win. Giant fans, your season has been legitimate. No one can say this was a fluke. No one can say that this was, oh, they, they won some games, some bad teams, and then, you know, they got to playoffs and they got smacked up. Nobody can say that. The Giants had a phenomenal season so far, and they're going to go out there and they're going to play, I think, a, a competent game on Saturday. But I don't think the Giants want smoke with this team. I think the Giants lose on Saturday, and their season ends there. Can you can the Giants keep this thing going? Can they upset the Eagles on Saturday? I say no. I just think the Eagles are just too balanced, too many weapons, too many options to take away take away on offense, too many ways to beat you on defense. The Giants need a whole new game plan to beat Philly, and the first game plan they tried failed miserably. And I know that you've had the adage of you can't beat, you know, it's hard to be a good team three times in one season. I think this kind of doesn't apply in this situation because the Giants and Eagles in that second matchup to end the season, you had the Giants playing mostly backups. You had the Eagles playing their starters in essentially a tune-up situation. So neither team is showing their best stuff. They're all showing vanilla things. Not They don't want anybody to watch that game and decipher, okay, we can pick up something from that game. So you got to kind of throw that game in the garbage. I think it was great that the Giants competed, but not much you can take away from that. The one time these teams truly played, it was not competitive. So I don't want to hear about 2011. I don't want to hear about 16-1 uh, and one Patriots. I don't want to hear about any of that. The Giants are not going to win on Saturday because the Eagles just, they're too much to handle. They have too many ways they can beat you. And the Giants, nothing that worked on Sunday is going to work on Saturday. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. You can also tweet me at EJ underscore Stewart. And as long as you are not a degenerate sending me nonsense, I will read tweets on the air. So make sure you hit me up on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Let's get to some of these calls. We've got some calls already, so let's go to Lewis, who is in Somerset, New Jersey. Lewis, you're on the fan with EJ Stewart. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, EJ? Good morning, my brother. Hey, what's up, man? Doing good. So, all right. I'm not going to bring up... You can't bring up the past, right? You can't bring up 2011... The team, yeah. because it's not the same team. It's just, it, it's not at all. This is all I'm going to say, right? The last game of the season, Philly 
that wasn't a tune-up for Philly. Philly was actually playing for that number one seed because you got to remember, if they lose, I mean, Dallas helped them by losing. But right. if they lose and Dallas wins, then they don't get the number one seed. So they were playing for something. They were playing for something, and they won 22-16. They won by six points against backups. Now, that's going to give confidence to the coaching staff. Now, listen, we played with our backups, and this is what this is. This was the end result. Now, you played the team twice, and I was at week 14 when they trashed the Giants. Yep. Right? I felt as though, especially when they went for that fourth down, they had no respect for the Giants' defense. Now, what happens is this. With each win, you start gaining a little bit more, more momentum, and you start gaining more confidence. So now this giant team is going to be a very confident team going in. Do they have a shot? Every team that's in the playoffs right now has a shot to win. Every single team has a shot to win. I mean, nobody thought last year that, um, that Burroughs was going to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and it happened. And I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing Burroughs and Daniel Jones. Because I'm going to bring up a point, and I'm going to see if you agree with this. I right. think that the worst, the worst, and the best thing that happened to the Giants was getting the right court. I mean, getting the right coach at the wrong time because they got him way too late, way hmm. too late. So now you got to pay Daniel Jones, and it's gonna, it's gonna handcuff you. Yeah, it's gonna handcuff you because now you really can't get him the weapon that he's gonna need. But let's just ride this. Let's ride. Let's let's ride what happens on Sunday. Um, they have a shot. Every team has a shot. All I'm saying is, I'm not going to sit here and call you like a lot of Giants fans. Oh, we're, no, it's not that way. But it's just confidence, man. The yeah. confidence. The, and the game plan, they can, I'm sorry, the game plan this week was definitely, if you notice, the Giants were passing on first down, which they don't do because they're already feet. Yeah. But they knew that they had to try to beat them. So what happened is, because of the passing, not the safeties, the safeties had to worry about the pass. Now that opened it up for Saquon. So it's just, and then and and, and then you look at Dable, right? Dable, you got to give the man credit. I mean, oh, he's a he fabulous coach. He's he had had a great coach. He's, it's my opinion, he, he's coach of the year. He turned around. He turned around Allen because that was Allen's um, offensive coordinator. He's also worked with some great um, coaches. You know, he worked with in, in, in Alabama um, yeah, as Saban. an offensive yep. coordinator too. So so. I think that he they, listen. They're in the drawing board. They're getting. They, they're ready. They're gonna have the best game plan that they could for this team. And it's let's just see what happens. Yeah, I feel you lose. Now, now, now let me let me push back on on one thing about the last game of the season, and that that is a fair point that the Eagles did have to clinch home. But the Eagles go into that game knowing the Giants aren't playing their top guns. They know that it's going to be essentially a backup squad. So when you're preparing for that game, yes. You are trying to win, but you know you don't have to throw the kitchen sink in order to secure that number one seed. Like they didn't, they they knew they didn't have to do that. All they they knew they'd do was just play a normal kind of game. They could still go out pretty vanilla, and they would beat the Giants, and that's what happened. Now, did they blow them out? No, but I think the, they didn't blow them out probably because they were holding back. So that's why I say I, I throw that game out because you're talking about the Giants team who also wasn't to, to their credit, also wasn't giving everything away. They were just trying to just get to the next week not get anybody hurt so that, that that whole game on both sides i just don't i don't take anything from it you know what i'm saying i think when you look at the one game those teams did play where everything was on the line and the giants were trying to get back on track the eagles are trying to keep that number one spot it was a totally different story when those teams played and that was 
at MetLife. That was not a road and, game and, for the Giants. But now Philly, Philly, Philly was hot going into that game still, yeah. right? So Philly, I mean, they were they, now. Hurts is coming from an injury. Mm-hmm. We don't know. You know, all it takes, all it takes is, and I hope not because I always prefer to play with healthy, healthy teams. I don't, I don't ever pray for anyone to get hurt. Right. I mean, this is these guys' livelihood. Mm-hmm. But all it takes is just. Dexter Lawrence landing on him a wrong way, shoulders out. Now you got to go to the backup. Yeah, you know because he's already has that. He's already had that injury. So now week eighteen. I mean now playing football. You know it's like you have a lot of guys who are who are injured. They're not, or hurt. Should I say they're hurt and they're gonna, they they got to play through that hurt. So it's it's just it's it's a different game because week fourteen. I mean, Hurts just looked it amazing. Like, when I, I was there in the first quarter, and I looked at my best friend, and I was like, dude, it's time to go, man. It's going to be a disaster. Look, 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 look I, I, was, I was in Philly for, I mean, this was a lot earlier in the season, but I was in Philly for uh, the, the home opener against the Vikings. And I don't know if you remember that game in the first half. I mean, Hurts was just throwing darts, 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 darts. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. So I, I know that feeling. So you're 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 a Minnesota fan? No, no, no. I'm not a Minnesota. We'll talk about okay. my connection to Minnesota okay, a little bit okay, later, okay. Luis. And uh, thanks for the call, buddy. I really do appreciate it. But um, but I mean, I, I've seen Jalen Hurts in person light it up. I mean, and, and I don't I don't think that makes me a biased viewer here because I've not seen Daniel Jones in person. But I, they, look, when Jalen Hurts gets going, he has a lot of confidence, and he could definitely hurt you, not just with his arm, but also with his legs. I think he's had a tremendous season. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP, and he should win the MVP, but I really wish that Jalen didn't get hurt because I really thought there would have been a true conversation about Jalen Hurts had he played the entire way through. Once the injury happened, it just made it impossible uh, to, to, to overlook what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I and mean, he's just, he's he's not even human, what, what he does out there on the field. But I, I know there's this concept that, you know, the Giants are getting confidence and they're playing better. And I, I agree with all of those things. I do. I'm just looking at the matchups and the Jims and Joes and who is playing on one side, who's playing on the other, and how the Giants had success uh, in that game they played on Sunday. Now, every game is different, so it's obvious that you're going to need a new game plan. But what worked, it worked, what, what they did on offense worked so well on Sunday, and what they did defensively worked so well. That it's hard to say, okay, now we're going to go back to kind of who we normally are. You know you're going to see Wink Martindale probably go back to bringing a lot more pressure. You know you're going to probably have the Giants struggle to get open with these wide receivers playing against that tough Philly secondary. You know Daniel Jones is going to be more running for his life rather than running for first downs in this game. It's tough to look at all that and say, oh, Giants are going to find a way to win. I don't know how. I don't know. What's going to happen? But they're going to find a way to win. To me, it's just wishing on a wish. I'll be the first one to say, I'm a Jets fan, but I do not root against the Giants. I typically root for the Giants, except for this weekend. Again, there's a funny story behind that. We'll talk about that later in the show. But typically, I root for the Giants, and I'll be rooting for them on Sunday or Saturday. I always think it's a Sunday game, Saturday. But I'm just looking at the matchups, and I would love to pick an upset. I just don't see it with these teams. And when they played earlier this season, I felt the Eagles would watch the Giants. And it somehow went worse than I expected for the Giants. So it's hard for me to sit here and say that as much as that win was great on Sunday and 
the the nostalgic feel of what this feels like because we've seen Giants teams in the past take this road warrior mentality and go on and beat uh you no know, remember the first time they beat Tony Romo and the Cowboys when they were a juggernaut it's kind of the same feel right you're playing against another NFC East opponent opponent that's beat you up during the regular season and you get to the postseason things will be totally different I just don't think that's going to happen this time I really don't we all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing and once again Toyota is leading the way we hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more coming in but we also know a BEV is not for everyone whether it's because of cost range or concern about finding a charging station when you need it Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.